championship week three. Championship week, week 16, the Asylum Football Inside Slant. Here we go. Let's get it done. Championship week. Championship week, Rick. <laughs> I'm excited, Rick. <laughs> I know I'm you a are. a little bit excited. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I got the fever. I am feeling it. I am excited playing for three and, titles and, myself today. And for everybody uh, listening, you know, he had a pretty good start to the week with Jordan Matthews last oh, night. Love me the garbage time, brother. Yeah, love me baby. the garbage time. Two catches, 53 yards for about 80% of that game. And then those last two drives, junk touchdown. Then that last catch on the last drive puts him over 100 yards, 25 points, up 10. Long way to go, uphill battle, Rick, but feeling good in the Caveman Championship. Yes, indeed. And uh, I'm relegated to playing for third without Odell Beckham and Des Bryant and uh, looking at a real conundrum this week. And I think we're going to hit on it a little bit. I tweeted it to you earlier, and, uh, you know, we really didn't have time to talk anything about it, but – Tell you what, I've got, I've got a real mess in my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a couple myself. Maybe we'll get into that in the questions. But uh, before we do that, it looks like Jersey is on the line. Hopefully, Junior uh, made it to his championship game. So we can only hope. Let's hop over to that. Hopefully, the software will cooperate today. Jersey, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah, Junior. He got a cold. He's been working overtime Thursday. He worked Friday night, Saturday night. He's got work tonight, so he got home at eight thirty. So he's sleeping. I was going to wake him, but he's not, not feeling too good. Yes, he won. He he won. He won. He won two hundred for like for like one forty four. He spoke the guy. Now here's the thing. He's in. He, he's in. He's in the big time league now. The only problem we got is we got we had cousins on the bench, and he would have gave him forty eight forty nine point two five. Now one of the guys in that he's going that they're going against is Junior and three other teams had cousins, and so he's that guy gave him forty nine two five. And then he had Gates, which my son played, and he only got 3.1. Now, here, now here's the situation. Junior has Wilson, McFadden, you know, Johnson in there. He's got Hopkins, Bryant, Landry, and Lockett. Steelers defense and Kintanzi. His issue is, what does he do at running back? Does he, um, does he, does, I mean, he's got Gurley on the bench. With, you know, Seattle doesn't give much up there. He's got Blau Pal, but we're not trying to overthink things. He has. He picked up Williams from Buffalo. My gut feelings was Williams is it's going to be a split, and if he gets banged in that shoulder. It could be the Gillespie show. What's your feeling on what he should do? He's got Lockett as his flex um, at running back. Should he keep McFadden in? Uh, would be that question. And should he keep Lockett in as his flex also versus what he has? Okay, so. Uh... So right now he's got McFadden in on the bench. We have Gurley, Powell, and Williams. I'll tell you what, I Correct. do hate the Seattle matchup, Rick, but if I'm playing for a title, I, I'm thinking if, well, it comes down to Gurley and Powell for me. I agree with Jersey. Look, Carlos Williams could have a big game coming back. Let's get, he's got it done. Uh, Booby Powell, he's coming back today as well. So you're, you're kind of looking at a three headed monster there. I tend to lean conservative in this case with Gurley, but Powell's tough with all the injuries in New England that we'll get to here shortly. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I tell you what, it, it, to me it's hard to bench Gurley, but, you know, McFadden has been performing at 100 yards last week. And, um, you know, it, I mean, you're you're looking between McFadden and Gurley and the other guys on the bench, correct? Yeah, yeah, because we got David Johnson here. 
if you get 100 yards rushing without a touchdown, you would end up with 15 points because you get five bonus points for 100 yards rushing. And like you said, with Gurley, uh, the research on Seattle is they've only given up out of, out of, out of 15 weeks. This would be the 60 weeks. But the, the first 15 weeks, they've only given up four rushing touchdowns and, and only four games where they've given up over 100 yards. So. Right. I know. You almost have to stick with McFadden that's, in this case. I mean, you know, Dez right. is out, um, you know, which could, you know, make things a little tougher for McFadden. I mean, you know, with Dez Bryant out and Kellen Moore as uh, quarterback for Dallas, I mean, who are you going to stop? I mean, that's basically all you have to do is stop McFadden. Question is, can they? Yeah, I mean, I think I would still go with McFadden, you know, even though it's very close in a bad matchup with Gurley. Yeah, and he continues to run for 100 yards. He was talking about Darren McFadden here. And then when you add the PPR on top of it, what I don't like is he hasn't seemed to find the end zone. If we get him in the end zone, it's a big game. So I go, right. go I go Gurley there. So you got Lockett in, in the flex uh, there, Jersey. Who are our other options, just these other running backs? Well, it would be, would be Gurley, Powell, or Williams. Like I said, I got born at too as a tight end, but I don't think I don't think that's the same you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind getting Barnage in there, but I do like Tyler Lockett. Doug Baldwin's a game time decision. Even if he goes, I think he's going to be limited certainly down the field. So Lockett's going to be that downfield threat, and I, I want to get in that on on that hot hand that Russell Wilson has going. So for me, I definitely stay, especially. If I'm going up against somebody who's already planted uh, almost 50 on me with Kirk Cousins, I'm gonna I'm right. chasing points. I think Tyler Lockett's that guy who who could just explode. Yeah, yeah, because that, yeah, that guy that has Cousins is uh, he's got McFadden, he's got Robinson, the running back, he's got Brown, he's got Antonio Brown, John Brown, again uh, Lockett, Thomas, and Benarek. But he's actually the weatherman. His name's Chris Stowers. He's a, he's a Channel Six weatherman. He's playing with the other league. So he's well, one of the, rot- the other three people that Junior has to play. That's his team, you know what I mean? Yeah, with this rotten weather, we want to take him down, too. So I, I think, yeah, Lockett's definitely the way I'm going to go there. Okay. Yeah, I, right, think, so I, I think I'd go Lockett, too. I mean, I tell you what, I wouldn't care if you put Barnage in there because even if it's garbage time, Barnage is the guy. But, yeah, I, I think uh, the, the ceiling's there with Lockett, especially with bald and questionable. Okay, and then we'll keep. I guess we'll keep McFadden. And like I said, I like Pal. My gut feeling tells me if it's a shootout, he could do well and could put up a lot of points. Williams scares me, where he's one hit away with that shoulder. Playing somebody injured scares me in in your your, your championship game. And Gurley, like I said, uh, he gave him thirteen or fourteen points last week, but and I just can't trust him this week against Seattle's defense in Seattle. If in maybe St. Louis, maybe I give him a little bit of bump. But, again, I, I heard that the uh, – I was talking to a guy, and one of the things Tucci Knight that has ties with, with, the, with the Buffalo team, and supposedly that defense quit on Rex Ryan, like Mario Williams and them. Not a lot of people, I guess, like him possibly. I don't know. But that that could be a big thing for McFadden. So, like I said, we'll see. So, uh, like I said, are you guys done? Is this you guys last week, or are you going to be around next week? I think we're going to do her next week. We'll, we'll get in one more, our swan song. So, uh, hopefully, uh, Junior's yep. still alive. Yep. All right. He, he, yeah, he's off He's off next week, and his butt's going to be up then. Thank you guys one way or another. Uh, <laughs> on what he shakes his cold. Like I said, he's got to go in the night around 7. So, thanks, guys. Yeah, I appreciate it very much for helping Junior. We appreciate that. And best of luck to you guys this weekend. Have a happy New Year. Thanks again.
<laughs> Good luck. Happy Same New Year. Same to you, Charlie. Take hear care, from buddy. You. We appreciate Junior. Let let him get his sleep, man. He's out there uh, doing doing good work and putting in the overtime. So, Rick, so much going on. We'll we'll get into it here. Uh, hopefully, things a little well, not hopefully, but probably things a little slower in the chat room. I just answered one on Twitter, and it says, uh, you know. From our from our boy Carlton, uh, he tweeted, "How much in panic hail mary mode should I be after Cousins last night benching Brady for Bridgewater going too far?" And I wrote, "Yes, it is too far. It might be. It might be. Here's the thing, Rick. Here's what I'm nervous about. And I, I wanted to ask Jersey, and, and I forgot. <laughs> I what's the weather going to be like there in New York? Look." That's a tough defense. We can agree on that, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's raining in New York right now or yeah, not. If this weather we're getting is we, uh, we're building an arc in the background. If we seem a little distracted, we may have to run as the waters are rising here in Western PA. Danny, Danny Amendola's out. Julian Edelman's out, Rick. When you, you talk about, we've talked so many times about Tom Brady having no weapons. If you're going to have success against the Jets, believe it or not, I think it's going to be rushing the ball. Is Tom Brady up for a big game? If the weather's rotten, is this a, a twenty to seventeen type of game? You know, I love the the Bridgewater matchup. The Giants are just horrific defensively. Look what they've done the last couple of weeks. Do I have the guts to do it with a Teddy Bridgewater? Not necessarily, because we even we look back to that fantastic game last week. What do you have? Five total touchdowns, but I don't even think he threw for two hundred yards. I think they try to establish. Adrian Peterson here, if he's healthy. I, I don't know, Rick. That's tough. It, I think it's too much of a panic move. Actually, I would be more inclined to do it if I wasn't down 50. Does that make sense to you, Rick, where it's not necessarily a panic move? Whereas if I wasn't in panic mode, I might be more inclined to go Bridgewater. But now, well, can I sit down a guy named Tom Brady when I got, I'm chasing 50? Well, here's something I'll put to you. You've ridden Tom Brady to the championship game, correct? Mm-hmm. If you were going into Sunday one o'clock and nobody had played. Are you even thinking this question? Seriously? Yes. No, you're not. With Amendola and Edelman, no, out? you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. I am going no, up against the not. Jets. With Teddy Bridgewater, not a chance. You are. I, I think I like I said. I think I'm more inclined, Rick, to think about it if I'm not chasing those points. If I'm in better shape, I may be more inclined to to think about that move and to play it safe. Now I almost think Tom Brady's the upside play here. Like I said, with Teddy Bridgewater, if he doesn't have all of those touchdowns, and certainly we can't take him away, that was a huge game last week. But if memory serves me right, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think he threw for 200 yards. I really don't. He, it was all in the end zone. They created turnovers. They had a short field. The, the running game was working. Bridgewater rushed for one and threw for three or four short touchdowns. So All I know is Tom Brady is the leading fantasy scorer in the league, or period. I understand. Okay, even over, okay, last week, 267, two touchdowns. Week before that against Houston was a little rough, 226, two touchdowns. Still no picks. Uh, I mean, I, I'm going back from the Denver game. He had 29 points, 39 points, 22, and 23. I mean, I you know that the low end with Tom Brady is, is probably twenty five. Yeah, you know, well, twenty two, say okay, okay, and, and the high end could be forty, easy. I mean, because he 
That's what they do. Who's my concern? I think they try to grind this one out, right? Now, do you think, now here's the other side of this. Here's where it gets interesting. And the very first thing on a fantasy football show on championship week, the very first thing I have on my show sheet, show sheet, show sheet, the very first thing I have on that, Rick, is Patrick Chung and Devin McCourty are out for the Pats. So both starting safeties are gone. Now their corners have played relatively well. Well, Butler's played really well. But as a secondary, they played well. You take Chang and McCourty out. What's that mean for Ryan Fitzpatrick? I think it means real big things for Brandon Marshall, Rick, right? It, Marshall oh. and Eric Decker. Yeah, I agree. So you look at a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, if the Jets are able to score it well, we know regardless of who he has around him, Tom Brady will find a way to at least keep up. I'm not 100% certain with all these injuries that the Pats win this game on the road, a game they don't necessarily have to have with the bad matchups for, well, with New England and Cincinnati, or excuse me, uh, Denver and Cincinnati playing each other. They've all but guaranteed themselves home field throughout at this point. Don't know how bad they need this one. I don't know if they necessarily win, but I think the Jets can score, and I know Tom Brady will find a way to keep up. They're not going to go into New York and get blowed out. So, So all of this, we're arguing the same point. I'm saying stick with Brady, but is it a crazy thought? No, I really don't think it is. Well, I think it's a panic thought. I mean, you're lo- you're well, you're down city. It well, might be time but to you're panic. banking on Teddy Bridgewater for crying out loud, who's had the one big game. The week before, he had 19 points against Arizona. A lot of it was, uh, you know, I mean, that was that was a very good game against the Cardinals. He had 1.92 points week before that. He had 3.6 the weeks before that, going all the way back to week eight, 12 and a half. Next week, 12 and a half. 14. I mean, you know, that's Teddy Bridgewater. Right. You're not going to get five touchdowns every week. No. Granted, the Giants are probably a juicier matchup, but I don't know. I mean, we, it's Tom Brady. I mean, we argued this, Scott, and I, you know, argued with you against uh, who was, oh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson obviously may be a different argument. But Teddy Bridgewater, I, mean, I, I, Blake just, I just think too. that is – well, Blake Bortles is really not an argument any longer. I mean, this guy's 300 yards yeah. and two touchdowns every just week. Guaranteed. Bridgewater's not. Yeah. All right. So, let, let's move on. I agree. Uh, this is what this is what we do best. We, we agree on the outcome, but we argue for 15 minutes about how to get there. So, that's a lot of fun. That That's what you get here on the Asylum. So let's move on. So much going on. We talked about Chung and McCourty. We talked about Edelman and Amendola being out against the Jets. Marcus Colston out versus the Titans. Looks like Drew Brees is going to give it a go, Rick. Now, if you were somebody, say about 6'4", aging kind of guy, but still dashingly handsome, playing for your League of Consequence championship, who has ridden, to use your terminology. I'd go Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> without even thinking about Teddy it. Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, yeah. Hop on him, buddy. Drew Brees here. Road Drew Brees to this point. He's going to give it a go. We saw Drew Brees injure this foot in what was a bad first half and come back and throw for over 250 yards and three touchdowns in the second half. Now, I factor in adrenaline and being warmed up. What do you do with Drew Brees here? And without saying, I know the answer is it depends on who you have well, on your bench. Well, let's set what that aside for a minute. Philosophically, in your mind, if Drew Brees starts a game, does Drew Brees finish this game? This isn't a shoulder. This isn't a concussion. Generally, where where a hit is going to reaggravate it, it's going to hurt. 
did he show in that second half he can play through that pain? I don't think they're going to be down 30 at any point or up 30 at any point where you pull them out. Do you trust him or do you go with the guy you have on your bench? And we'll talk about that in a minute, but just philosophically. Philosophically, if Drew Brees is playing at home against Jacksonville, you play him. That's 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 the direction this guy's leaning to, this this handsome chap that now this guy happened to pick up off of your scrap heap of all places, picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're welcome. We just talked about Chung and McCordy being out here. Good matchup against the Jets, you know, weather dependent. I, I this guy really needs to look into that. Does that sway you at all? Because I enough of the, the kayfabe here. I'm still leaning Drew Brees. I got Drew Brees plugged in. Now I see for certain he is going to start. I hate to get away from it, but at the same time, you always worry about he goes out, he plays one series, it doesn't feel right, and they take him out, and then uh, my, my season's over at, at that right. point. So do I take the guaranteed what, – what do we think worst-case scenario for – for uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is 15, 18 points, I would have to think. In every home game this year, he's thrown multiple touchdowns. Every home game this year, he plays really well at home. You've got the safeties out for New England. You've got a lot, you've got a lot in favor of, of a, of the, of a Fitzpatrick here. However, like you said, you've got Drew Brees at home and what is starting to be thought of as Drew Brees' last game in the Superdome I buy into stuff like that, Rick, the, the curtain call. That, this is a tough call. It's a bad Jaguars team. Yeah, you know, and we talk about these panic moves. I mean, that's the reason you were, you were Ryan Fitzpatrick was available. I thought it was a real sly move putting in Phil Rivers against Oakland. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but it certainly uh, wasn't anything spectacular. You know, I had a waiver claim in. For Kirk Cousins, Rick, and I was going to play him. You had me talked into it on Tuesday or on Wednesday, right. whatever day we did that show. And that's weasel, this snake in the grass, this ne'er do well that I'm playing in the title in the title game against. He has all his free agent dollars left, and has spent the last three weeks, the entire playoff run, just picking up any viable free agent and uh, stashing them away and playing none of them. So I actually hope these 49 points on his bench ultimately lead to his demise. I'm not sure, <laughs> you know, he was right. never going to start him over Ben Roethlisberger. Right. I hope this is bad fantasy karma. And, in fact, I saw this little run. I'm just all over the place, Rick. I'm giddy today. Three title games going on. There was this big thing going on on Twitter last night that if you need some good fantasy karma, and I'm always worried about fantasy karma, you need a little God on your side. So I went out, dropped Marshawn Lynch, Rick, picked up Tim Tebow. I got God on my bench, Jesus himself <laughs> on my bench. Hopefully that helps. Hopefully that's the free agent move that pushes me over the top. But back to Drew Brees and Fitzpatrick. That's a tough call. Fitzpatrick has been nothing short of spectacularly solid all year. Not going to blow your skirt up. No. 18 probably is the number I have in my head. It's hard to say. I mean, you, you look at weeks 12 through 14 against Miami, the Giants, and Tennessee, albeit not New England defense. He was averaging about 35 points. Yeah. Came to earth a little bit against Dallas last week in a tough win, but he still threw for almost 300 yards. You know, with the corners out in New England, he's very attractive. If Breeze is healthy, you're not even thinking about it. This is is a very, very tough Yeah, and I don't want to call this a panic move. In fact, you could argue if one of these is a panic move. And Colston's out. 
right. That's big. When I'm playing against Ben Watson and, and two other championships, this might bode poorly for me in those circumstances Right, with Colston out because now Watson becomes the only guy they look at in the red zone. I don't, I don't you know, the, the honest answer is I'm not really sure, but I think if I rode Drew Brees to the title game and he's playing at home, I'd probably have to put him in there yeah. against Jacksonville. Uh, that, that's where I'm leaning, and we're, we're going to get Scott involved in this, so I'm sorry to anybody who, who's still listening. You're going to hear us a little bit more. I, I'm curious about Scott's opinion on this one. So, as you mentioned, Colston out. Des Bryant out with the foot and ankle. I'm assuming they're just shutting him down at this point. Sure. So, probably, and you can speak to this, probably Des Bryant the last few weeks is the reason you're not in your championship game. So I hopefully and Calvin Johnson, right? Which I like his matchup this week. I'll be curious to see how that goes. I'm actually loaded up on him in, in daily leagues. I actually like some of his matchups in the last couple well, of weeks, and fair. he wasn't even looked at. Yeah, that's a fair point. But here's too. one in the chat room. We have a PPR start to get your little pencil All right, out. Let's do it. Eddie Lacy. Okay. Christine Michael. Okay. AJ Green. Calvin Johnson. Okay. Dante Moncrief. Megatron Moncrief. Okay, so for me, Calvin's still the number one on this. I, I know I, he, he burnt you, Rick. I know. Oh, this is a, hard. a great, great matchup this week. I I got to go there. <clears throat> Hate Adrian Green's matchup. And, and I know, look what Antonio Brown did last week. Look what hell, what Marcus Wheaton did. Look, look what the Steelers did last week. <clears throat> Hold on to your seat, Rick. I'm going to blow your mind here. A.J. McCarron is not Ben Roethlisberger. Really? On the road in Denver. That's a tough, tough matchup. My, Michael's intriguing. He, he really is. That Rams defense is pretty good. Now, I think they're going to feed him the ball plenty. We saw that in the second half of last game. I don't like the matchup for Lacey. I don't like the inconsistency of Lacey. Moncrease a game-time decision. I think he's the first one. I think I throw him out. I'm going to throw Lacey out. So it comes down to Christine Michael and A.J. Green for me. As bad as it's going to be, A.J. McCarron's going to complete, what, Rick, 10, 12 passes, worst, absolute worst-case scenario if he sure. completely throws up all over himself. Tyler Eifert's out again. I got to roll A.J. Green here. I love the idea of chasing the points with Christine Michael, but his matchup isn't that much better. Eddie Lacy's matchup isn't very good in his inconsistency. It's got to be Calvin and A.J. Green to go back to – that sort of seems to be the theme this morning. There's the two guys that got you here. All right. Yeah, I think you got to keep going. I don't necessarily subscribe to that as hard line as you do, but in this case, for me, it's A.J. and Megatron. I think I have to agree. I think I, I, think I would go in order probably Calvin reluctantly. A.J. Green, Lacey, Michael, pretty much a toss-up there to me. I, I don't like either one of their matchups. And Moncrief, I, I don't even think he's in the conversation. Like you say, he's a game-time decision. Something happens with him, you're screwed. So, you know, I'd shy away from him. Yeah, I forget. I think once he dealing with ribs, maybe, I, I can't remember. It, it's something that can be re-aggravated. I had a star beside his name. Of course, I didn't finish writing it. It, it was late. Well, your crack pipe wasn't working. It right wasn't working. And, well, and it was last night, and Jordan Matthews is loading up the garbage time, and I'm holding on to my seat there. Oh, you got I, I, I got to get a picture and send to Scott, or at least have Scott's you know, photographers show up in the studio <laughs> sometimes. Are you guys, you know, flagers into vaping is is it, it just he just sits there and he sucks on this mechanical crack pipe 
and these lights. I had to get off the cigar. These right? lights are coming on, you know, and, and there's blue light comes on, and then this stuff, and it smells like freaking hazelnuts or something. I don't know what it is. It, it's just, it's disgusting. It, it's how it I really maintain is. my sunny personality. It's disgusting. It makes my silly synapses fire, Rick, is all this fantasy goodness I give you. And it's led me to where I am today, Rick, about to take down three league titles or at least uh, take the runner-up money if I have to do that. Uh, so we talked about Eifert still out with that concussion. That is huge. Hoyer still out with his concussion. Sean, Sean, Shane, Sean, Drone, I, I can't ever say this cat's name. He's out with the knee. I think we got some Kendall Gaskins and Dwayne Harris questions here going up against Detroit. I don't have the guts to do it. I don't want any part of San Francisco. Unless I was relying on drone. It's possible that you have have evolved, you know, maybe you had a Chris Johnson and and you've thrown drone in there and he's done enough to get you there. You know, maybe one of these guys works for you. But, uh, yeah, I mean – Desperation flex Gaskins. Harris just showed up in town last night. If I'm (laughs) – that's an exaggeration, but it was this week. Mm-hmm. So, so Gaskins, if it's a real desperate move. Okay, we got a couple uh, questions here in the chat room. Right? We have uh, Tyrod Taylor or Jay Cutler, in parentheses, worried about the weather in Buffalo. Yeah, it's supposed to be windy and gnarly and nasty. I don't think Chicago is going to be much better. Of course, where is Chicago I believe playing? they're in Tampa Bay, Rick, oh, if okay. I'm not mistaken. Let me, let me double-check that for you. You're there. right. They're at Tampa. Okay. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I think I might have to roll Jay Cutler on this one here. Uh, Dallas yeah. hasn't been that bad defensively. No, it's and, their offense. It's a disaster. And are you really wanting? I I don't know. I and mean, I'm not going to say the team has quit. But the Buff- defense has quit. But Mario Buffalo but said it. But Buffalo seems to be very dysfunctional. Right. And I mean, look. I mean, we get into prediction. I, I'm still rolling with the home team in a grind out game. I think, but. uh I don't know. I, I think I'd have to go with Jay Cutler. I mean, if you're playing this week, you're probably in a championship game. I think Cutler, of course, Elshon Jeffrey, out. Right. I mean, you're just so much downside to both these guys. And you know what? You go ahead. I'm going to think about this, man, because I think yeah. this is very close. Yeah. I'm going to go with Tyrod here. So I'm glad you, you took a step back because I didn't want to be split on this. The weather's going to be rotten. Has it seemed to you, Rick, and, and again, this is one of those things I throw out with no statistical basis, no facts around it at all. This weather hasn't mattered over the last couple of years. We spent a lot of time on Sunday morning talking about this quarterback or that wide receiver dealing with rotten weather, and the numbers just don't change all that much. Nah. It really doesn't seem to affect it. Assuming rotten weather – Tyrod, he's going to run more. Look, they got the three running backs. He's going to run that read option. He's going to make plays. You're you're playing on turf up there, so you don't have the sloppy field. Sammy Watkins is on a hell of a heater, and we got a lot of Sammy Watkins questions, I think, based around this weather when you start to see some of the other players. If you're playing in your title game with Tyrod Taylor and Jay Cutler, Tyrod got you there. So I'm going to go back to your philosophy there a little bit. I I, don't like the weather. It's going to be nasty. But going up against Jay Cutler, look, Tampa Bay's defense isn't good, but they haven't gotten blown blown out. And even it's, in some of the more favorable matchups, Cutler has done nothing but fail to fill in, right. fill the bill. I, I agree with you. I think, you know, at first blush, boom, oh, yeah, better weather, Tampa, Jay Cutler's got the gun for the arm. But you know what? 
I would go Tyrod Taylor. Look, Dallas, they've already sat Des Bryant. This is right. going to be kind of a grind-out game. I think Tyrod Taylor's legs will help out. And I'll tell you what, we better get to work on the arc because it's coming down <laughs> yeah, the torrents out here yeah, right that, now. That's <laughs> unbelievable. We may very well drown. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Taylor here. I don't like either matchup, but you're not chasing points if you go with Jay Cutler. There's a really low and a really firm ceiling on a Jay Cutler. Taylor has so many ways to create points, to make yards, to get in the end zone. I'm going to stick with Tyrod. All right. I think we will, too. Okay, standard. Zach Miller, Eric Ebron. Oh, that is so, so tough. It is. I mean, we talk about a great matchup for Megatron or whatever, and he's a dismal the last couple of weeks. Ebron, conversely, has had uh, you know a couple of decent games where he's been targeted, and he had that one breakaway game. Oh, there goes a crack oh, fight yeah. ball, and I probably smashed. I'll probably eat a hole in the floor. I tell you what, I think I might go with um, Eric Ebron. You know, we just talked about you know, Cutler and so forth, I, I'm not convinced. I don't know what to do with the Bears. They're yeah. one of these teams that, that confounds you week in and week out. I think I'd have to go Eric Ebron. See, I'm 50-50 on this. Oh, I am too. First blush, Rick, it's Ebron for me. And in the question you and I discussed, which I imagine we'll discuss at some point in the show here when we get Scott on, for, for your team in your consolation game this week, it was a different group of players, but I was leaning Ebron. My problem with him where I'd never feel good about him is he's, he's touchdown dependent. Yeah. Now he's probably going to score a touchdown and they've got a favorable matchup against San Francisco. So he's probably going to score a touchdown. When I look at, for the reasons I didn't like Cutler, I tend to like Zach Miller, though. Right. You got Alshon Jeffrey out. Who's he going to? He's got to throw right. the ball to somebody. Oh yeah, no doubt about that. And and, and we saw that hundred yard, two touchdown game with Zach Miller with Jeffrey going out early a few weeks ago. Right. This is so tough. I'm. You know what? Rick? I'm going to go Miller because he's going to be targeted a lot more. That I, I can think you're probably you. right. He's going to have more opportunities. If we let's let's. You know, back up just a minute. If we think it's a good matchup for Megatron, it's a good bounce-back game for him, that tells me Ebron's getting less targets. Right. I think I'm going to flip the side of the coin and go, and go with Zach Miller. Let's, we'll make it unanimous. I think Zach Miller pushes 10 targets this It week. could. It's, it, going it well Forte, it's going to be Matt Forte. It's going to be Matt Forte, and it's going to be Zach Miller. That's about it. Eddie right. Royal might come back this week, but we've heard that since Halloween, if I'm not mistaken. Every year. It, who? <laughs> yeah, there's that, too. Yeah. So, so who else? It's That's going to be the offense. I think Langford gets a good bit of work here this week, and I think you're going to see that short dump-off garbage kind of crap you saw from Philadelphia last night, and Zach Miller could really benefit from that. So I'm, I'm going to take the targets here. All right. Yeah, I think we will. Okay, get your little pen out. All right. All right, and I'll give it to you, and I'll let you take this one first. All okay? right. PPR, we have to start two running backs. Okay. Two wide receivers. Oh, boy. And two flex. Oh, boy. All right. I got my work cut out for me. Gurley. Okay. Peterson. Christine Michael. James White. Martavis Bryant. Diggs. Evans. Oh, man. I love this. Ginn. Okay. Hearns. Oh, wow. We know why he's playing for a tight A.J. Green. Okay. And Tyler Lockett. Oh, man. Okay. 
Good for you. I, I, I think and I'll let you take this one right, first. I think you're a winner either way. All right. So, first name that jumps off the page for me is Adrian Peterson. I am worried about that ankle. By all accounts, it looks like he's good to go. No walking boot. I always get scared of the walking boot. So, for my running back, Adrian Peterson's my number one there. Now, Gurley's got a bad matchup. Michael's got a bad matchup playing against each other. I think in a PPR, uh, believe it or not, I think James White is almost a must start this week. With it's going to be Gronk, it's going to be White. You know, LaFell will get his opportunities downfield, but he's going to drop so many. I think it's White. So, so we'll see when, when we get through the flexes. Maybe we can get White in there, and maybe get one of these other running backs in there. So I got Peterson. I got White. Mike Evans is a must start this week against a bad. A bad Chicago defense with Vincent Jackson still out. He's going to see, you know, double-digit targets once again. Martavis Bryant, that second receiver going up against Baltimore, just crushes people. Just crushes people. I think Martavis Bryant is an absolute must-start this week. And and Alan Hearns, it, it, well, I only get two. So those are my two running backs. So now I get to my flex. So I, I've got Gurley. I've got Michael. I got Diggs, Ginn, Hearns, Green, and Lockett. So, so the first one that sticks out to me is Hearns. I, I've got to have Island Hearns. He, he's a that matchup against against New Orleans is massive. He's a touchdown machine. He he had a little bit of a down week last week. Uh, I think that's rare. I think that's odd. And, and I think finally he's healthy. So I think Hearns gets off the Schneid. So I'm down to my last flex, and this is tough for my last flex. I got Gurley, Michael. Diggs, Ginn, Green, and Lockett. I'll tell you what, with the strength I have in this team, with the Doug Baldwin questions, and with with the way Russell Wilson's rolling here, I might roll Tyler Lockett in this second flex position. I might chase the points there a little bit. I think we know what we're, A.J. Green's going to be limited. Ted Ginn, I'll tell you what. He's scary to sit down lately, but I don't know how much you trust him. Diggs has a nice matchup. This is good. So here's where I'm at, Rick. At running back, I'm going Peterson and White in a PPR. This was a PPR, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to go with White here. With with those two, with Amendola and Edelman out, I think this is a big White game in the passing game. It's going to be all PPR. I think he has a upwards of 100 yards receiving this week. Martavis Bryant's a must-start. Mark Mike Evans is a must-start. Those are my two wide receivers. Alan Hearns, I think, is pretty obvious in that list. At the and I'm going to shoot for the moon a little bit with Tyler Lockett with all these Doug Baldwin questions. The way Russell Wilson's rolling, so that that's what I have. Okay, um, you know, there's an added comment to the chat room while you were talking. There, the worry is that if uh, Green Bay loses to Arizona and Seattle wins then Minnesota has nothing to play for and are worried about resting Peterson's ankle. It's a fear. It's a fear, but, I mean, you know, if you have to make the decision ahead of time, I think you have to play – you have to bank on Peterson playing because he is your best player in the lineup. So I'm going Peterson, and I tell you what, Peterson, number one, is the running back. I have to start another – yeah, two running backs, two wide receivers, two flex. Okay, my wide receivers, I'm going to go Evans and Martavis Bryant. That's going to be my two wide receivers. I think I am going Christine Michael for my other running back. I don't like the matchup, but I don't like Gurley's coming back the other way. 
James White I could throw in there, but I'm, I'm using him as a flex. So that's going to be one of my flexes. Well, I tell you, it is, it is terrible. That That is a tough pick right there. No, I think Hearns is all, the obvious one left in that list. At New Orleans. A.J. Green, Alan Hearns. I mean, you know, you got Ted Ginn, who's been doing nothing but scoring touchdowns. And then you have Lockett. Um, wow. I got to go Bryant. I got to go Evans. I have to go Hearns. And I think I'm going Lockett for the other for the flexes. I'm, I think I'll right, go so Hearns and Lockett. So the only where we differ, I got White, you got Michael. Okay. So so that's not too bad. On no. a list that big, we're we're pretty well close yeah, really. together. And, and just to let you know, I actually had to go downstairs and check on something. I didn't even know what Rick said until the very <laughs> end. So that's kind of weird. Taking the taking the peek behind the curtain. I like yeah, it, Rick. That, that's the worst. All, right, All so, right. So that's not bad. So I just like White in the PPR with with that's three receivers out. But Christy Michael might get twenty carries this week. So All right. let's get rolling. We got a lot to cover, and we're caught up. All right, good. We are caught up. Uh, we've talked about ball when we talked about Breeze. LaShawn McCoy out with that knee, thinking, looking at a three-headed monster there, I think. Carlos Williams will probably get in the end zone because that's what he does when he starts. But but the, the, this Galepsi guy or whatever the hell his name is, they seem to like to get him the ball. Booby Powell is back this week. So, no, not Powell. Yeah. No, Booby Dixon. I got I got Bilal Powell on the mind because that's a guy I really like this week. But uh, Booby Dixon back, so I don't know how much I'm going to mess with that Buffalo backfield unless I'm really in a bind. And we talked about Rick Alshon Jeffrey out versus the Bucks, and I did have a note here, you're big for Zach Miller. So so coming back to that previous question, I feel even better about that because that's what I thought in my drunken haze last night. So if I think it when I'm drunk and I still agree when I'm sober, that's got to be a good call. That's got to right? be karma there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Got it. Has the, to the be. Tim Tebow fantasy karma. All right, Rick, what time is it? It is 22. Why don't we go ahead and pick games we've got a huge huge mailbag so if we uh if we get done early we'll, we'll hop on uh answer the questions ahead of 11 o'clock so let's pick these games rick let me uh bring this up we have starting out obviously the two games so we will oh, start... and let, let's go back to full disclosure from the fantasy <laughs> network <laughs> show because we do keep a running tally and i believe you had the philadelphia 27 washington 16 yeah, i might have missed on that and one. i took washington 27 21 a little low low end for washington yeah. but uh i picked the old skin so, so i'm up one nothing yeah, i'm in the hole here it's a shocker hey if you're betting with me though you're winning money I'm one over every Yeah, you won a nickel. Now, you're winning more with Briggs, I'll grant you, but if you stick with your boy, you're still winning money. All right, Rick, Carolina at Atlanta. Trap game? Oh, no. (laughs) Not with Atlanta. I I thought last week could have been a trap game for Carolina with, with the Giants, and I was almost proven right with that magnificent comeback, but they staved it off and actually won Look, they could still – I mean, they could still lose two in a row if, right. if they have a letdown, arrest people. Arizona can still win two in a row. So, I, you know, I think it's um, – I still think they're going to put their best foot forward this week. Right. If they win, it's, it's number yeah. one lockdown yeah, period. Down. Then maybe you shut it down. So, I like Carolina against Atlanta, 34-24. Yeah, I don't think this is 38 nothing again, like we saw just a couple weeks ago. This is this is a team that knows 
how much better they are than Atlanta, a team without Stewart, a team that I think maybe takes a breath here. And an Atlanta team, I always worry about a team with nothing to lose. I, I really do. So that said, I think it's a little bit closer. I think maybe Carolina gets a scare in the first half, but they're just too good, and Atlanta just stinks. Just no guts. They just lay down like dogs. I don't know why I hate this Atlanta, but I get a vitriolic reaction every time we talk about this Atlanta team. So I got Carolina 33-17 over those just stinking dogs. All right, Rick, the Steelers at the Ravens. Fantasy bonanza, you would think, for your uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this may start off a little slow. But Pittsburgh, too much talent. Baltimore, just totally destroyed by injuries, and they're not that good. I like Pittsburgh, 37, Baltimore, 17. Yeah, I like that. I think this one's going to have you as a fantasy owner and us as Steeler fans gritting our teeth a little bit the first, say, quarter and a half. This just seems like the kind of game Baltimore would be up for, Pittsburgh strutting in, thinking it's over before it starts. In the end, Steelers are just too good. I think I heard on the way up here, Baltimore Rick has 18 guys on IR. You just want to talk about getting struck by bad luck for a week. That That's Baltimore. And if, if I had any capacity for sympathy, I'd almost feel bad for them. I got Pittsburgh 29-17. I think big game for all your Steelers when it's all said and done. Spent a lot of time on this one already, Rick. Dallas at Buffalo. Yeah, and I don't know why, but – Somewhere along the line, Buffalo's got to win another game. And I think this is probably the one that they can grind out. I'm going Buffalo up in Buffalo, 24, Dallas 20. I'm torn on this one. On the Fantasy Sports Network show, I picked Dallas 13-10. Oh, now you're going to say, well, I got it right. Well, Somewhere along the line. Well, here's, here's <laughs> what I'm thinking. And I, and I may not change, but since we got a little extra time here, I sort of want to talk and just say it out loud. And my reason for that was the same thing Jersey had said when he was on, that Buffalo seems to have quit. Now, now correct me if I'm wrong, Rick. Right now, Buffalo's got seven losses, right? Yeah, I believe so. Or six Doesn't and it? eight. Or are they six and eight? I don't know. I'll have to look at the standings here while you babble. But I, I feel like they, they may be six and eight after that loss to, to yeah, Washington. Yeah, I think they are. All right, so, so that takes that argument out. So forget that. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick to my guns. I got Dallas 13-10. I think it's ugly. I think Buffalo's yeah, just Buffalo's six and eight. I Buffalo's 6-8. We thought they were. And, and right. they are. Dallas is probably, what, about three? and You know, they're four and ten. If they had seven, how many times in the last 20 years, Rick, where Buffalo hasn't made the playoffs, it's been over 20 years, have they been sitting at this sort of five and seven, six and seven type of position and one out to get to nine to seven and still miss the playoffs by two or three games. It's happened to them a lot. You're not I thought that it might happen year. again, but it's not going to get there. So I'm going to stick with the upset, and I'm going to take Dallas 13-10. I just think Buffalo has quit. San Francisco at Detroit. Good luck predicting this one. You know, I, I, Detroit is one of these strange teams. They, they looked great last week, ignoring Calvin Johnson. And, um, you know, they're going up against uh, – a defense that should be pretty much easy pickings as far as I'm concerned, but I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's a strange league. One of them, you know, San Francisco's four and 10 Detroit's five and nine, but somewhere along the line, I just feel that Detroit is a much better team. I'm going Detroit 30 to 20. Yeah. Yeah. This would be one. If you're looking for a gut call an upset call, San Francisco could be that Detroit, 
they, they look better since Thanksgiving. They they gagged a couple away. This team is talented. Matt Stafford is talented. If you get anywhere near Calvin Johnson, we've talked about Eric Ebron. They found him a little bit. Golden Tate's on a tear. He's just on an absolute tear. I think Detroit wins this one. I'll say, what do I have down here? 28-20. I'll stick with that. All right, Rick. Cleveland at Arrowhead taking on the Chiefs. Right. And, you know, look, i tell you what. Kansas City has their eye on the division now. Not right. just a wild card. And I think they're going to be up for this game. They're a better team. They're playing good football. Kansas City 26, Cleveland 17. You know, I have for about the last six weeks been waiting for that letdown game from the Chiefs. What I've discovered is I've been wrong for about the last six weeks. (laughs) They are that good. My argument's always been the Chiefs just aren't that good. You take Jamal Charles out. You know, it's Alex Smith, for God's sake. I don't know if it's Jeremy Maglin. I don't know what's made the difference. He's pushing the ball downfield. The offensive line is that good that it doesn't matter what donkey they put in the backfield. Jamal Charles, or Kendrick West, raise your hand if you'd heard of him before the season started. That other dummy, Spencer Ware, he, he just rips them off six yards of carry. Kansas City is that good. They run the ball. They play defense, and they have a true home field advantage. I feel like there's some magic to a Johnny Manziel. So I feel like they keep this game close, give Kansas City a little bit of a scare, similar to what San Diego did a couple weeks ago. But in the end, I think the Chiefs pull it out. And I think that's important, having their eye on that division with a tough matchup against Cincinnati. That's the motivation to get them over the top. I got the Chiefs 28-23. Okay, Indianapolis at Miami. I know you've got special time set aside to watch this one. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. It's going to be a nail-biter to the end, I'm sure. Look, Indianapolis still playing for something. <laughs> they're on a three-game skid. Can they stop it? You know, I, there's not a better matchup, I don't think, in the league to stop a bleeding heart than against Miami right now. And um, they have given up enormous amount of points to, to uh, running backs. I think Frank Gore is a great start for this week. Uh, for any of you that have Gore going to your championship game, I, I like Indianapolis 24, Miami 16. Yeah, for everything you said, I agree. But at the same time, I do have fear. This is the kind of game where Miami will just step up and play lights out. Lamar Miller will have three touchdowns. Ajayi will average seven yards a carry. Could all certainly happen. But I think in the end, having something to play for is the difference. I've got Indy 24-23, just a total coin toss for me. All right, Rick, New England at the Jets. Spent an enormous amount of time on this one. Yeah, and I'm still a believer in the New England Patriots. I think they are still the big brother in that division. I think no matter what's said, the Jets are still a little intimidated. I think with the weapons and Ryan Fitzpatrick, Knowing New England, I think this is going to be a classic game. I really like to watch this one. I still like New England, 31-24. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I am inclined. I I picked New England 31-28 earlier in the week before I knew about both safeties, before I knew about Amendola. Actually, with the assumption Edelman was going to come back. Do you know what? I'm going to stick with it. These are just the kind of games the Patriots win. They have no players, and they keep winning. So, at worst, it's going to be within a field goal, right? Win, lose, or draw. So, if I'm going to flip a coin, I might as well lean. If I'm a 50-50, I'm going to lean New England. I'll stick with 31-28. I'm not sure if the scoring ends up being that high. We're looking at rotten weather. We're looking at diminished weapons on New England. But I'm going to stick with them by a field goal. I I agree. I think it's going to be a tight game. This is one we're going to be talking about on Monday. All right. So, let's jump over here. We got Chicago at Tampa Bay. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, I think, is 
these are two teams in transition. John Fox is trying to get a, a defense sort of set in place in Chicago first and foremost. You know, they they had a – I tell you, this offense has, with all the injuries that they've had, you know, to Elshon Jeffrey and, and Martellus Bennett, at times still looked okay, but their defense is still miserable. Tampa, I think, has, has come together as, as a pretty decent team, and their offense isn't that bad. You know, with Mike Evans and, and, and company there. How big is Evans? This oh, week? it's amazing. He's going to have 15 it, targets. To my, yeah, to my surprise, I really thought that because of the year before, that was like 68 catches, you know, with all this damage that he did. If he stayed at that, I didn't think he'd be that big. But I'll tell you what, this guy is very impressive. But I like Tampa Bay. Close game, 22-19 over Chicago. Yeah, look, Mike Evans is kind of a dog. He, he's a malcontent. He's... Drops a lot of balls, but you take Vincent Jackson out of this lineup, there's just nowhere else to go, and Winston just leans on him heavy. So for this week, with with Vincent Jackson being out again, that's the biggest injury news of the week is V-Jack still being out. Evan's just going to get a ton of targets. If he pulls in half of them, he has a monster game. For me, Rick, this, this is two teams that are out of it, but this is a quarterback who is at least generally looks disinterested and just at this point wants it over with. Versus a quarterback still trying to make his bones. Very enthusiastic, on a bit of a roll here after a letdown game, but but fought all the way to the end. I, I think Jameis Winston easily gets the best of Jay Cutler this week. I think the game's close-ish, just just based on the talent on both sides. I got Tampa Bay 30-21, but I think when you got a guy like Cutler <clears throat> who has the attitude like Cutler has. He's just looking for it to be over with. <laughs> I think this one gets mailed in a little bit, and Jameis Winston is is looking to roll. So Houston at Tennessee, the weed man at the at the helm for your Houston Texans. Yeah, and this is a team that is leading the division, and thank God they're at least five hundred at seven and seven. Tennessee's just abysmal, you know, at three and eleven. They've given up three hundred fifty nine points, but you know what, Houston is. An unimpressive first place. And with Brandon Whedon there, I think this is going to be a close game. I think Houston's defense is the difference. So I'm going Houston 30, Tennessee 23. Yeah, this one is tough with Whedon because you don't know who any of them are, and none of them individually put up any type of numbers that, that get your attention. But either they Houston's been able to run the ball. Against Tennessee, that's the one thing Tennessee does well. You don't run the ball on them. You worry about, and I know I do, across all three leagues that, that I'm playing for titles in this week, I, DeAndre Hopkins has been the key to me. I don't worry about this, Brandon Wheaton. And in fact, I almost feel a little bit better. Not necessarily I'd rather have had Hoyer, but, but with Yates, I think Hopkins is the kind of guy Wheaton will lean on. I think it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be ugly. But I think you could see seven, eight catches out of Hopkins. Maybe not a ton of yardage, but seven or eight catches because a guy like Whedon is going to find find a guy like Hopkins. They're going to be able to move the ball. He looked better than he did in Dallas. And like Jerry Jones said, he throws the most beautiful ball in the history of professional football. So that bodes well. I think Houston finds a way 2013. They're still playing for a division. J.J. Watt, Clowney's rolling. That defense is just too good. So I, I think by a touchdown, Houston wins this one. Jacksonville at New Orleans, what should be the fantasy bonanza if it wasn't for a stupid plantar fascia, whatever that is. Well, we know what it is. We discussed it, you know, 
in years past, and it always seems to creep up on people. You know, they are both miserable teams. New Orleans is the most miserable defense in the league, bar none. Jacksonville is in the right direction. They're five and nine, but they've only scored, well, let's say, 37 less points than they've given up. So, you know, they've been very competitive, and that's with a blowout to New England. What was that, 52-13 or whatever it was? I can't remember right off the bat. They've been pretty competitive. I think it's going to be a fantasy bonanza. I love Blake Bortles. I love Robinson. I love Hearns. Not in love with Breeze, but you have to play him if he's going to play, I think. But I like Jacksonville in a very close game, 31-30. Yeah, I got 33-30. Everything you just said, I just I just really not, nothing nothing left to say on that one. Okay, Green Bay at Arizona. There's a playoff preview if I've ever seen one. Yeah, they uh, Arizona lost a honey badger for the year. I, I'm looking for Green Bay in a very, very close upset. I don't know how, don't know why. I'm not in love with Green Bay's offense this year. I think it's a bad matchup for Lacey. I just think somewhere along the line, uh, they they pull one out in, in an upset, and I'm going Green Bay 27, Arizona 26. I looked at that one. I thought about it. It just seems like Arizona makes the play. I don't know if it's Michael Floyd. I don't know if it's John Brown. Somebody's going to make a play late in this game that's going to be the difference. I'm going to keep Carson Palmer, and I'm going to keep Arizona rolled in 31-24. All right, wrapping up here, St. Louis at Seattle. Bad matchup in Seattle. St. Louis plays division teams tough. I think it's going to be close to start with, but I like Seattle. I think they're rolling. they got much more to play for, 33-21. Yeah, Seattle wins this game. I got it 24-9 because i got to get my nine in every week. <laughs> but I agree. I think it's close early. I think Russell Wilson and this offense comes back to earth a little bit today. Just for what you said, St. Louis plays a pretty decent brand of defense, and they play this division really tough. I don't think they've got enough offensively. Case Keenum is not going to go into Seattle and win a game. But I think they keep it close. I think Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, if he plays, I think these guys come back to earth a little bit. So Seattle 24-9. Sunday night football should be another fantasy bonanza, at least on the Minnesota. And the Giants travel to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Yeah, and and I do not see a scenario where Minnesota does not have something to play for because, you know, we you have the four division champs and then you have wild cards, correct? And, and – yeah, they're going to be a wild card, but I, I don't think that you just lay down because you're in. So I, I think Minnesota's going to be playing. They're, they're a hungry bunch. I like Minnesota in this one. I think it's going to be a good game. I think Minnesota wins 27-24 because the Giants keep it close. Yeah, Minnesota is just going to get in and run away from them. And we we talked about Teddy Bridgewater. He's five touchdowns. I think it's going to happen again. Uh, obviously, you take Odell Beckham out. I think a big game for Randall. I, I like Will Ty uh, a little bit, too. So, and that's something I want to talk uh, We got Scott on the line here, so we'll wrap this up. That's something I want to talk to him about, with a, a, you both about, with a tight end question. But I got Minnesota 20-17. to 17. These Sunday night games just tend to come down to the last possession. And Monday night football, your boy A.J. McCarron and the Cincinnati Bengals travel to Denver, take on Brock Osweiler. Yeah, that's not your boy, Brock boy, Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. And the Broncos. I think Osweiler is a better quarterback, and I think Denver has a few more weapons than Cincinnati with Eifert out, so forth. 
I'm going Denver in a close game, 22-17. Yeah, I got Denver 27-23. McCarron did a nice job on the road, taking on San Francisco last week. He impressed me, but this Denver defense is just a whole different animal, and I think he struggles. Jeremy Hill's not going to be able to get going. This is just a rough, rough matchup, and Denver just has too much, 27-23. All right, it's time to get to the mailbag. Let's welcome in our, our roving reporter, Mr. Scott Fish. Scott, how, how were your holidays? Oh, they were great. They were great. This, my son's two. He's almost three, so this is the first year where he uh, – he understood what was going on, so that was really, really fun. I have a, I have a few things to talk to you guys about. Well, that's, that's well, we have a few things to ask you first. I mean, number one, Let Scott, go. First. Number one, what is the weather like up here? Because right now, I mean, literally, we are building an arc. It is coming down in buckets, and it has not stopped since before we came on the air. Oh, it's it's all snow here. It's uh. A nice white covering of everything. It's uh, it's actually kind of nice out, actually. I, I kind of like it up in Minnesota. I think I'd prefer the snow myself, yeah, Rick. This so. stuff is nasty. Although, if this was snow, it would be yeah. four feet. <laughs> yeah, we we probably <laughs> had... We probably have at least, what, two inches of rain today, not mentioning the last couple of days of rain that we've had. It, it is just... It's ridiculous. It just will not quit raining. Nice. Nice. I do want to clarify the Minnesota issue. Uh, Minnesota plays Green Bay in Week 17. So if Green Bay loses, that means that means that the Vikings versus the Packers will be for the division in Week 17. And if Seattle also wins, then the Green Bay-Minnesota game in Week 17 is for the fourth seed or the sixth seed, meaning Sunday night's game with the Vikings if Green Bay loses to Arizona and Seattle beats St. Louis. Minnesota's game against the Giants is completely meaningless, meaning everything will be decided versus Green Bay in Week 17. Oh, so so it's still up to – so they still got to play. Well, no. So so what would you think then philosophically with, with Adrian Peterson? Let's say that scenario happened. Would would you rest Peterson and, and load him up and make sure he's healthy for for Week 17? Would, would you start a, a well, McKinnon at that point? What would you do? Well, look how many games they've taken Adrian Peterson out of at the end of the game this year. They did it last week. Uh, it, it's it's really scary how much they've rested Peterson. And with the potential of a meaningless game, that's really scary. Uh, in my scenario, I'm lucky, I'm lucky to be holding on to a couple 3 o'clock guys so at least I'll know the Green Bay outcome before I have to make that decision. But uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little more worried than I think maybe most are. Yeah. Well, you got the, the your finger on the pulse a little bit better up there in Minnesota, no doubt about that. You know, do you can you go with a McKinnon? You know, in that situation, I mean, he's probably out there on the scrap heap somewhere. Uh, and I mean, do you pick him up and and do you risk that, or do you think they will go with um, Peterson at least in the first half? Uh, I. If if I were uh, if I were able to get McKinnon, I would love that because McKinnon is a pretty decent uh, PPR option if the game does become meaningless. But man, it's not a situation I like for for anybody really. Um, I, I think I agree with Briggs earlier. I, I would start Peterson, and uh, and I am starting Peterson at the moment. But if Green Bay wins, be be prepared to to possibly pivot off that. That's 
That is risky. So, so Scott Fish on the record, if Green Bay wins their their game this afternoon, then you're going to start McKinnon over Adrian Peterson because I have that very scenario in, in a in a set in a different championship other than one we spend all our time talking about here. Well, here's the thing: if Green Bay wins, I might think they they still go with Peterson for for a bit. But if Seattle also wins, that means. Uh, Seeding doesn't even matter this week. That means there's absolutely nothing to be gained by trotting Peterson out there with a bum ankle. All right, so if Green Bay and Seattle wins, we're going to start McKinnon. I like that. And, no, and your... no, Arizona. Arizona oh, if... and Seattle. If, if Green Bay loses and Seattle wins. Yeah, so if Arizona wins and Seattle – and I think it makes sense, and to your point, even if they do end up using Peterson – more than we thought they would. McKinnon's going to be on the field on third down. He's going to catch four or five passes, presumably. So you're not going to take the hook. I think it actually makes perfect sense. So you're saying if Green Bay loses, it's a meaningless game? If Green Bay loses, that means and that means the Vikings will be one game back of Green Bay no matter what. One game back or tied. And, we, and Minnesota plays Green Bay next week for the division. Right. But if Green Bay loses... And Minnesota yep. loses. Oh, they're still that playing for the week. I got still you. Yep. A game. I got you. Game. All right. Minnesota has the tiebreaker. All right. Yeah. So that would. Yeah. That's very intriguing. And yeah. I mean, it's. Whew. Boy, it's too bad. You know, Peterson owners. I guess here's one vote for handcuffs. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went <laughs> yeah. out in that other league in the Dewey Melon Ball. I picked up. I picked up McKinnon. I had. I think forty-five free agent dollars left, and I spent them all on Adrian Peters or on on McKinnon just for that reason. So fantastic information there, Scott. Yes, you're, you're, you're coming hard today. Let's go with a um, a very tough. Wait, before you start, question. I want to ask you how you got time off from your filming schedule, Briggs. <laughs> well, I don't know. Fligger's here too, and he seems to be starring in it, from what I've seen. And when Weird Harold, I don't know how he gets back and forth in Florida so often. But uh, you know, I mean, Fligger's filming the same thing, and he's here. Hey, we're we're we're, we're very busy. We're, we get around. What I'm impressed by is your cameraman, Scott. That guy is everywhere. How come this picture always looks the same? <laughs> it's like this floating head bouncing around. Oh, you gotta love it! I'm I'm excited to see that movie. Ah, but we have a huge mailbag today, right, boys? Let's let's help people with right. some yes, indeed. yes, indeed, and, and we appreciate the the photographs and keep them coming. Okay, we have a flex question in a full point PPR. Okay, Eric Ebron, Isaiah Crowell, or Lance Moore, or Fred Jackson? Crowell Moore. Or F. Jacks. I, I know the guy who asked this question. He's an a-hole. I got to tell he you. He is a... I hate this guy. He's a studious, good-looking, probably like the most interesting man in the world. You know what I haven't seen? It, Go ahead, Scott. It's for me that uh, on this question, here's how I rank them. I rank them Ebron, number one, Isaac Crowell, number six, Lance Moore, number 45, and FDS number 47. Yeah, when I right. answered this question on the air, I had it very similar. I had Ebron. Yeah, you give a minute's thought to Crowell, not knowing the status of Duke Johnson, but I think he's going to give it a go. And I don't. I just don't think Crowell, Rick, gets the 
gets the looks in the passing game, even if Duke Johnson's out. I just don't think that's Crowell's game, so I don't think he picks up that end of it. I think that work goes to Barnage. So I agree, based on that stack of mediocrity, Ebron's the only guy, in my opinion, that has a shot to get into the end zone. Yeah, I I did take Zach Miller over him earlier, but I still like Ebron the way things have been going in Detroit right now. So for for me as well, it's Ebron. Yeah, and I mean, I think the only question was really the Duke Johnson situation and Crowell getting the majority of the work, albeit against a very tough Kansas City defense in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, it can air. I don't know what's going on with the Detroit offense. They ignore Calvin Johnson. It seems that Matt Stafford doesn't have the capacity to throw to more than two people during a game. So I'm afraid if they go back to Calvin Johnson, Eric Ebron gets shut down. Well, that's always a fear, but based on that other direct, I think it's got to be Ebron. So, all right, let's jump over the mailbag. Full point PPR, and this is tough. You have Richard Rodgers going up against Arizona, who in the last several weeks, is it six or seven weeks, I can't remember, giving up the most points, most fantasy points, most attempts, most catches. most They've been the worst team against tight ends in fantasy football, that being the Cardinals, or, or will tie with, with Odell Beckham out in a full-point PPR. You know, it sets up well for Richard Rodgers. However, in the last two games, he's got two catches for 10 yards in, in, in the touchdown two weeks ago. This, this one's an interesting question to me. So, Rodgers or Ty? Okay, for me, I have put a lot of time into tight ends this week because I have a league where I stream them, uh, my home league. And I have Ty above Richard Rodgers. I have Ty in my top six tight ends this week. So, I'm going to go with Ty. I have Rodgers just outside that. I'm going to have to agree. I think it's very, very close. I I love what Rodgers has done this year. But – you know, even what Rick says with Arizona giving up a lot of points to tight ends, I, I think this Giants offense with Odell Beckham out is going to have to rely on somebody else. And obviously there's Reuben Randall and some of these guys, but I think Ty's going to be a big part of that. I have to go that way yeah, as well. Yeah, and I agree. And, and Harris is nicked up as well. So you're right. basically looking at Randall and, and Ty might be the second option. At that point, you could argue Vereen one one side or the other of Will Ty. So I tend to agree there. You know, it's interesting because you know Aaron Rodgers is going to have to throw the ball, and Aaron Rodgers will throw the ball with some modicum of success. The receivers are bad, and on the outside in Arizona, you just don't fling the ball around. So it's almost by default has to go to Rodgers. But I am so stuck on two catches in two weeks. Yeah, how how much of an upside does he have? So I agree with Ty there. So. So I'll let that guy know he very much appreciates. He was just looking for some validation there, that <laughs> handsome devil. Oh, so, so let's, let's get to love a, that handsome guy. Yeah, so let's get to a question that wasn't asked by somebody in this room. We need two in a PPR. This is an interesting question. I don't know who. I don't want to take anybody out. Matt Forte, Denard Robinson, or Mike Evans? We got to sit one in a full point PPR. I think I'm going to sit Forte in this scenario. As much as I hate to say that. Um, Jacksonville is going against, what, the worst defense in the league, correct? In the history of In the football. history of Drek. And Mike Evans is Mike Evans. I think he's an absolute start, period. So, even though it's close, I think I would have to sit Forte. I hate saying that. Oh, wow. I, 
I got to agree with Briggs on this one. I don't. I would much rather start Evans and Forte, but the matchup just you you know D Rob is going to get fifteen to twenty touches, and that versus that defense, I would not be shocked if he averages four to five yards carry and gets in the end zone. I I got to go with Evans and D Rob just on that matchup alone. Yeah, I'm going to make this one unanimous. I think Evans is obvious. He's going to get so many targets. And it comes down to workload. Now, I've said for two or three weeks with Forte questions, I thought Langford was going to get more work coming down the stretch here with Forte looking like he's going to be out of town and Langford being the future there. It just hasn't happened. Maybe this is the week. Denard Robinson, to your point, you know he's going to touch the ball 15 times, and every time he touches it, it's going to be a chunk of yardage. So as weird as it says, you think about, God, it's a championship week. Am I going to sit down Matt Forte for Denard Robinson? But I think you have to. It's just one of those situations. All right, this decision has been killing me all week. There's a lot of consternation in this man. Yeah, I, I don't like, you know, <laughs> contributing to someone's suicide here, really. Killing them all week. And this is tough. Well, maybe not. Actually, for me, it's not. Todd Gurley or Eric Decker. It is a PPR. Oh, Decker to me. I, I don't think that's even close. With You know, Gurley against Seattle in Seattle. Eric Decker, what he's done this year. And, you know, I, I think with the corners out in New England, I think this is easy. Hey, come on. Butler's a pro bowler. <laughs> um, I'm going with Decker as well, though. Uh, I, I really – I just can't trust Gurley in that matchup. And he's had – just besides the, the game two weeks ago, he's had a string of like 40, 50-yard games. Yeah, and almost a lock for the end zone. I think the big thing is with both of those safeties being out for for, uh, for New England and working Decker out of the slot, that is where his, his strength has come. Are we making too much, though? And there, there's a lot more questions in here, so maybe we just have to talk now. Are we making too much of the matchup for, for Todd Gurley, or are we appropriately panicked about this? I think it's appropriate. Number one, St. Louis – Offense is not the, is not dynamic by any stretch. Seattle's rolling. And, and, I mean, they've got a good defense. And the way the offense has really kicked it in gear, they could be up 21 nothing for all we know. I mean, the way they can strike here is of late. And if St. Louis has to get into uh, catch-up mode, what's, Gurley, what, what's the upside for Gurley? Not a whole lot. I mean, I, I don't think that this is, you know, a panic move, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, Seattle has not allowed a running back over 61 yards in the last nine weeks. They've only allowed two touchdowns. And here's the biggest problem a team like St. Louis faces. First off, they're they're interdivision rivals, which they know each other, and they tend to be low-scoring games. St. Louis can't pass, and Seattle's great against the pass. They can probably load up the inside to stop Gurley, and Gurley hasn't performed against lesser defenses. I, I don't I don't have any faith in uh, Seattle. Or I, I have faith that Seattle will get up, and St. Louis will need to come back, and they're not going to do that on the ground. All right, I, I tend to agree. I just want to making sure I wasn't overreact. Now here's a tough one: half point PPR need two can only have two of these three. And right. God, I wish I could have all three: Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones. Are you serious? Well, I'm serious. This guy, uh, why are you angry about this question? This is a really good question. <laughs> what are you so pissed off about? Well, 
how, did, how, did you have the, how did you get a hold of these three and you've only been playing two of them? I, I guess maybe there's leagues that don't have flexes. Right? I guess I guess my I guess my <laughs> only recommendation in this situation would be who have you been riding? I can go with Julio that. against Josh Norman, honestly. The, yeah, the I think that would be the one. I mean, if you, I would assume that you've probably sat Julio uh, for these two the last few weeks. I mean, just the way Atlanta's been floundering around. I mean, in, in my mind, I'm going Robinson first against New Orleans. Then I'm going Hopkins and Jones a third. I, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, Hopkins has had a, a couple bad games, but you, I, I think that he's got a better matchup this weekend. Julio, the last time he faced Josh Norman, played awful. He got a 43-yard catch when he wasn't on Norman, and outside of that, he had an awful game. So, like four catches, 33 yards or something when he wasn't facing Norman. So, yeah, give, give me Bench Julio. Yeah, yeah, you can't ignore that matchup, and, and that's it. Yeah, it is tough. DeAndre Hopkins with the week, right. and he looked good in relief. You worry about that. But I think he's going to see plenty of targets. I don't think it's going to be a big game for Hopkins, but he's going to see plenty of targets, and he just makes plays. And Allen Robinson's an obvious one here. Well, wow, I didn't know that would do such no, not a angry. vitriolic it's reaction. It's <laughs> just very, very surprising that you're only starting two of them. But I could see, I guess, where you – Maybe you drafted later in the first round. You picked up Julio and then returned with the Hopkins and maybe just went receiver, receiver, receiver and took yeah, Allen Robinson, Robinson maybe in the fourth or something. Mid, yeah, mid to exactly. late round pick, right. quite frankly. All right, get your pen ready, Rick. Here we go. We need two flexes and a PPR. All right. I think one we can just write down. Actually, this might be – well, no, it's not I'm write them all down. All right, right, write them all down. Denard Robinson, Todd Gurley, a lot of that this week. Alan Hearns, Tyler Lockett. Delaney Walker and Julius Thomas. You get two of those PPR. Okay, I'm missing somebody. I've got Robinson, Gurley, Hearns, Lockett, Walker, and Julius Thomas. Oh, Julius Thomas. Okay. Okay, and we need two of these yeah, for flex. Okay, great matchups. Denard Robinson is, is the obvious one for me right off the bat. And I tell you what, I hate to stick with all Jacksonville, but I think Hearns is my second one. Uh, I mean, I like Lockett very close to him. Gurley, we've already talked about that. I I don't think they're going to catch up on the ground. And Julius Thomas, I'm still a little lukewarm on him. He's not the consistent. He's touchdown dependent. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going Robinson, Hearns, but you could – easily convinced me to go to lock. I think it's a coin flip with those two. I mean, you're, you're becoming Jacksonville dependent if you go both. That, that's what I don't like about it. Yeah, I I personally would, I agree, Hearns and, Hearns and D-Rob. Uh, my, my, my third is also Lockett, but I think this is one of those situations where if you face the Earth or Jordan Reed or Kirk Cousins and you're chasing points, I'd probably, I'd probably rather have Lockett in there with Doug Baldwin kind of iffy than D-Rob. So if you're chasing points, I might go Hearns and Lockett. Wow, you took – this is crazy. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say. If I'm playing it safe, if I just want what I know I can get, it's Hearns and Robinson. If I got to shoot for the moon, it's Lockett. I, I agree with that just 100%. That, that, so Yeah, I mean, yeah, Lockett – yeah, especially like you said, uh, with with Baldwin iffy, 
Yeah, the only thing I don't like about it, the reason I went Hearns is simply the fact St. Louis has given up 294 points. New Orleans has given up 432. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and that's why I go with the Jacksonville defense. You just hate the lean on Jacksonville. Doesn't this feel like the kind of game that we're all loaded up on our Jaguars? They could just come in and completely crap the bed. I mean, this is just what they do. But – just too much Blake Bortles. Bortles is the real deal. He's the next generation, a huge, huge. So here we go. Let's keep moving here. We're running out of time. Two running backs. They don't tell me if this is PPR or not, and I, I wish you would. So th- this is tough. This is really tough for me. Adrian Peterson. Do I need a pen? Yeah, well, there's four of them, so it depends okay. on your remembering. Okay, I need a pen. All right. Adrian Peterson, Charkandrick West, David Johnson, Doug Martin. How Ooh, many? Okay. How many? Two of them? We can have two. I'll tell you what, with with everything that Scott said about Peterson, I think my first pick is going to be uh, Muscle Hamster against Chicago. That's the Duggernaut, Rick. He's not the Muscle Hamster anymore. Well, he is to me. Duggernaut. No, he is to me. (laughs) And tell you what, Doug Johnson's done nothing but just run roughshod over everybody they play. Or David Johnson. Or Dave, what I say? His brother Doug. Oh, his brother. Well, his twin brother Doug. He's a freight train. I mean, yeah, I had too much Doug Martin on my. No, David Johnson. I think he's my second in this. I mean, this is a. You know, in championship game, this is actually a bad decision to have. I yeah. just rather have two of these guys. <laughs> the only two that I know. That, right. Exactly. I don't want to have to. But I think I go Martin and Johnson. Well, uh, just a second. I got to dust off the old Big Bertha Flieger giant cannon over here. Oh, he's got it ready. (laughs) I've dusted off the Flieger cannon for David Johnson. There's no way I'm kidding that guy right now. He's he's my number one. And it's, I, I don't even have him close to the other three. Honestly, I personally, it's David Johnson with a giant cannon. And then I have A.D. last just because what's weird is if Vikings had something to play for, I might, and Adrian was healthy, he might be my number one. But um, I have him last. I think I'm going to also go with Doug Martin. I think he's the, uh, I think he's the shape of that. Um, but he's really close to West for me. So David Johnson and Doug Martin. Yeah, I got David Johnson one, Peterson last. This is a coin flip. I almost want to take West to be different, but they're so close. I'm going to go with Doug Martin based on the consistency. You know what I don't like about Doug Martin? We've seen this a couple times last year, this year, and we saw it last week, where he's he's ripping them off at six and a half per carry. He's got 92 yards at the end of the first quarter, and he doesn't see the ball again. And they start working Sims in. I don't like that. That makes me nervous. This is a really good matchup against the Bears, though. So I'm going to I'm gonna make it unanimous with, with Johnson and Martin. But it, maybe if you're shooting for the moon, West would be an interesting play. All right. I'll, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, Alshon Jeffrey is out. Who would you pick? Standard league. Marcus Wheaton, Bolden, Randall, or Nate Washington? Oh, I know this one. <laughs> I, I know for me, too. I'm going Wheaton. In, in, to yep. me, yeah, I, I think he this in standard. Look, this is the most dynamic offense in the league. Wheaton's been getting his share of looks. Baltimore's bad, and uh, I am certainly going Marcus Wheaton. Uh, oh, go ahead, Scott. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said yep when the second Sprig said it. But it's not really close for me. I really like Wheaton this week. That Pittsburgh offense is – I mean, imagine them with Le'Veon Bell. They're just unreal. I, I do not want to be a player – if I was if I was in the the AFC, I would be praying that they can't get into the playoffs because man, that is a scary good offense, and I don't think Baltimore can slow them down. It is, but it's Marcus Wheaton. He's been on a roll the last couple of weeks. I'm going to put myself out on an island here. Uh, I like Randall. I'm going to go with Rube, my boy Rube here. I, I just think with Odell out. Ty has a big game. We talked about that. I think he's going to get the rest of the opportunity. I'm going to go with Randall. Wheaton I love, but but look, it, you know, first option's A.B. Second option's Bryant. Third option's D'Angelo Williams. Fourth option is Heath Miller because there's just not much of a pass rush in Baltimore. Am I going to, is it going to be the first option in New York or the fifth option in Pittsburgh? Sadly, it's close, <laughs> unbelievably but I'm going to put myself on Randall Island here. All right, Rick, uh, just a straight-up question. Would you bench Gurley for Cameron Artis Payne? Against Atlanta, I think I will. Stewart's out, and I think I'm going they're, they're a better offense, and I definitely I would go Artis Payne this week. Artis Payne over who? Who is the first choice? Gurley. Todd Gurley. Oof, wow. I think I would have to. I think I think Artis Payne is probably going to get you get you twelve to eighteen touches. Gurley might get the same, but the the yards per click are not going to be there compared to Cameron Artis Payne. I, I got it, man. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I think I would. All right, let's move on. I don't like that. Oh, I guess I got to pick. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I Artis Payne here. They showed that he's going to be the guy you wonder. We talk a lot about uh, Whitaker last week, a lot about Tolbert. It was Artis Payne, so so I'm gonna I'll make that you one unanimous. Half point PPR, pick three of these four, Rick. All right, here we go again. Julio versus Carolina, Manuel Sanders versus the Bengals, Brandon Marshall versus New England, and here's Lockett again against St. Louis. Okay, Marshall number one. Yeah, with a Bullet. Uh, you give me that howitzer there, Scott, because he's but he's my number yep. one easily. Um, I, I think um, Lockett might be my second choice in this situation, yep. especially if I'm yep. chasing. <laughs> and um, you know, I mean, th- this is kind of a toss-up with Julio and, he's, and Sanders, but I think just with the quarterback situation in Denver, I think I would just edge out. Now, you know what? I, I think I'll go Emmanuel Sanders. I, I think there's just more to spread around in Denver. Talk me out of it. I think it's. I think I could be easily, but I think I would go Emmanuel Sanders very close, third. Yeah, Briggs, Briggs could not have said any of that better. Uh, I 100% agree. Marshall with the howitzer. Lockett, my number two. Sanders slightly edging over out Julio. Who would have thought we'd get to a championship week where we're hesitant to start guys like Adrian Peterson, Julio Jones, Des Bryant's out, Calvin Johnson's been iffy, Eddie Lacy is a mess. Man. Okay, just to let you know, um, as uh, my team consisted of Odell Beckham, Des Bryant, and Calvin Johnson. (laughs) Dang. That's oh, why I'm wow. not playing Mr. Flinger in the championship game. 
Wow, that is rough. That is rough. All right, so we are to me. It's uh, Marshall number one, Lockett, Lockett, Sanders two, three. I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna sit Julio. I have to agree. All right, we need to pick two of these in a PPR: Buck Allen, Chris Ivory, Christine Michael, Jeremy Hill, Cameron Artis Payne. Two. Okay, let's let's do this again. Ivory, Allen, Buck Allen, Michael, Christine Michael. Okay, Hill, Jeremy Hill, Artis Payne. Okay. And we need two of these. Yeah, you get two. Half PPR. I tell you what, I'm going um boy, I tell you what, I may get destroyed on this one. But I think I'm going pain and ivory. <laughs> oh man. This, this we we are gonna help no one on this one. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, I was thinking uh, Buck Allen and Christian Michael with uh, Payne. Payne is my number three. So. Yeah, all right. So so let's break this down. You know, Buck Allen's got a bad matchup against the Steelers. Somehow with that terrible defense, they've managed to be good against the run. However, they're going to be behind – in a PPR, I think he's going to be big. I think, you know, after Aiken, who else do they have? Yeah, I can't – Givens, I mean, come on. All the tight ends are hurt. I think it's going to be ugly for a while, but I think you see plenty of fourth-quarter garbage time out of Buck Allen in a PPR league. So, I'm going to go with him. Tell you, the way they've worked Powell in has squeezed Ivory out. Ivory's success is dependent on getting those 25 carries. He's not getting them. I don't think he's going to get them. So this comes down to Michael or Artis Payne for me. I'm going to lean Artis Payne, but but it's close. I just I don't like that matchup yeah. against St. Louis. It's really close. Right. I think Artis Payne has success. So I think you know. So it's Allen. We can at least two or three of us can agree on, and then Artis Payne, Michael. That that's a coin flip. I'm leaning Artis Payne, but you could certainly talk me into Christine Michael. All right. Yeah, I think she's very coin flippy too. All right, half-point PPR, already started Murray, need two more. Gurley, McFadden, Denar Robinson, or Carlos Williams? Wow, I wouldn't have started Murray in that situation. Latavius, I take it, not DeMarco. Yeah, Latavius. I would hope. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah well, he doesn't, say it. he doesn't say that, but I'm assuming. Yeah, I would hope it wasn't this DeMarco. Question, this question came in earlier. Right. So. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, we played Murray, so we need one out of these guys? We need two. Okay, well, Denar Robinson, to me, is, uh, he's a number one out of that bunch. Read them again, would you please? Oh, for Pete's sake. Oh, shut up. <laughs> so, we got Robinson, Gurley. Gurley again. Darren McFadden. D-Mac. Carlos Williams. Yeah, I, I think it's Robinson and, and D-Mac for me. I I, I Gurley, we've we've covered him. We no use kicking him while he's down. And Carlos Williams with Buffalo, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced he's going to be seeing a whole lot of action. Uh, and yeah, I, I just don't trust Buffalo. I, I'm going Robinson and, and uh, McFadden. I hate being this guy because it feels like I do this a lot. Bernard Robinson is my number one. Dmac is my safe play. Carlos is upside play because uh, just because I feel like his matchup is better against Dallas, and I feel like uh, 
if he's healthy and gets the full workload, he's a good PPR back, and he scores a lot. He scored a lot at the beginning of the season when with the opportunity. So he's my he's my chasing points play. Yeah, yeah, no, I I tend to agree there. I think it's, it's I don't know. Rick's got sleigh bells going on over there. Yeah, I, I think it's close. Obviously, Denard, it's it's McFadden or Williams to me. I'm throwing Gurley out, especially in, in a PPR scenario. Williams, for me, it's just a little too crowded there. They, they've worked the ball to those other guys. So, I'm going to go Darren McFadden here. It, it, it's very close for me. But with a half-point PPR makes it for me. I'll go Darren McFadden. So, let, let's go last one, and this is tough. And my answer is both. I wish I knew who else he had on his team. Scott, we'll start with you on this one as Rick has uh, run off. Lex, Michael Floyd or Martavis Bryant? <laughs> oh, Martavis Bryant, I will never bench him. He's a wide receiver one for me this week. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree 100%. As much as I don't, can't even stomach sitting down Michael Floyd, I would love to know who else. This is the flex. Who are you playing at your wide receiver spot? You know, add Asylum Football on Twitter. Let me know. I'd love to get Michael Floyd in. I think he's got a great matchup this week and has been uh, just been about unstoppable for the last couple of weeks as John Brown has struggled a little bit getting the drop. So, that's all we got time for. We got to get out of here. Uh, looks like Rick already took off. So Scott, we really appreciate it. To appreciate all your help. Uh, happy New Year! And I think uh, if you don't mind, we're going to do it one more time next week. Hey, I had a phone call. Oh. Very important. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good being on. Yeah, uh, if, if we do do it next week, I'll talk to you guys next week. If not, uh, you guys have a happy New Year, and we'll have to get me on in the off season as well. Maybe. Uh, Maybe for some SFB talk in the summer. <laughs> oh, no doubt about well, it. We'll gear is, up for the Scott Fish Bowl 720. Yeah, the thing is, we're, <laughs> we are going to be, and you'll be one of the first to know once we figure it out ourselves, we're changing formats going into the off season. We're going to have a two-hour sports show. And uh, we're not even sure of the title yet, but we'll give you all the info once we get it going here. And we'll still have the Fantasy Sports Network. So we'll get you on there. We need Scott Fish needs to be over the air, not just on blog talk. That's true. I I very much look forward to that. That's, that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> all right, Scott. We appreciate it. Good luck this week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. All right. Later, guys. Take care. All right, so questions answered. We got a lot more. I will anything I haven't answered, I will answer leading up till kickoff. It's stressful, Rick. I'm thinking about just going uh, out into the wild somewhere, unplugging off the grid. Off the grid. That's right, because I don't know if I can handle it. Good luck to everyone this week at Asylum Football on Twitter, asylumfootball at gmail.com. We will answer those questions right up till kickoff. Hopefully we helped out. Good luck. We'll be back next week on the Fantasy Sports Network. Until then, we'll see you. Take care. Yeah, boy, I'm about to show me a set of slickers. Had a ticket and a stick with the critters, and I'm outside of the bum wild. Gross, gross, if it don't, you come gross. So we hang out by the bum wild. Good old boys having a thing at a time. We crank it up, we get around. Throw them down in the dirty, dirty south town. We're all night, we're busy in the head.